This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. Unaware that all the wild love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hey, Daniel Thomas Rouse, thank you for that uh, rousing welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are aroused. (laughs) We need to move on. It's good to see you on this beautiful day. It is good to see me. I'm, I'm glad to be seen. It's good to see you also. And, uh, you know, in my in my mind, I play out this picture of you guys uh, that are listening, you sitting there. And uh, so it provokes me to try to say some things that might stir you up a little bit. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. but. Uh, but I do. Uh, I, I'm I'm a good visualizer, you know. Mm. I do visualize. Now I'm pretty obtuse to what's going on around me, but I can visualize. <laughs> I can visualize what's not going on around me. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not the most observant person. I, I, I'm I'm a good driver. I I watch what I'm doing, but to just be observant of Everything that's going on around me at the time, I'm probably not the best. How about you? Mm. Yeah, I'm probably about the same. Um, I've noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) I find myself a little bit different when I'm in a bus full of, you know, 50, 60 people or a school bus full of kids. I make myself become a little more aware, but on the day to day. Yeah, I thought you were so going to say you just drift off to someplace else when you're in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a lot of talk about being aware and being in the moment and in the now. And, uh, you know, that's just, uh, t- I-, I would love to take all of that seriously, but I just can't, Daniel. I, I try real hard because, um, uh, you know, Ethan and I have had discussions. I've probably had them with you too. So what, we're living in the n- now. How do you live in the yeah. now? Because it's already gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the time you say it, it's already gone. <laughs> it's, by the time you think it, it's already gone. So um, I, I, I think that they have something they're trying to say. But mm. uh, if living in the now means the elimination of uh, what you're thinking of happened it, throughout your life and yesterday, and, uh, you know, when you were a kid and, you know, your mom and your dad, you know, that were alive decades ago or that you're thinking of the future and the possibilities that you're not supposed to do that. You know, you're <coughs> supposed to think about the now. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. I got nothing else to think about now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and as you were saying that, I was thinking about our mystic friends. You know, that's kind of what they do to the gospel. Yeah, is they just think about the now, and because of that, they've totally erased the story, and there's no history. 
they don't care about the story because it's not the now. It's it's because they think the now is the uh, only thing, and uh, it, that it, there's just not a real way to verify that that's truth. Mm. Uh, you know, I was talking with someone the other day about therapy, you know, and it seems that every therapist wants you to go back and relive your situations. So on one hand, they're saying, you know, live in the now, but the very same people would have therapists that want to drag you back to the nitty gritty of your uh, nasty, wasty days, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, you know, what you did and let's relive that. and. You know, walk through. I remember the walk through it with Jesus. Now we're going to relive it, and we're going to walk through it with Jesus. You're going to visualize Jesus being there while you were were raped or uh, you know mugged or whatever happened, folks. I I uh, I have done all that, and it don't work. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I have found that distancing myself from it. Free to think about it all I want, but being distant from it as far as having an emotional impact on my life today is mm-hmm. uh, that's my choice. And I yeah. realized when I was saying that to somebody the other day, I, I distanced myself. I realized when they go into, quote, a lot of therapy sessions, they're trying to distance it from them. Mm. And it don't move. Yeah. So... Uh, it is where it is, and if you're going to move on, you're going to move yourself away from it. It it sounds like a technicality, but I don't think that it really is, uh, because for me it has worked. And uh, goodness, I I could tell you such sad stories. I mean, oh my gosh, I uh, how much I can feel sorry for myself. And, uh, boy, I could get the whole neighborhood crying, you know, and just, but, um, it's not going to help them. It's not going to help me. And I realized that there is an extreme element, not just a minor element, but, a an extreme element of self-righteousness in me doing that and going back and thinking and, uh, commiserating in myself about those things we share the gospel with you because something has happened to us Mm -hmm. uh this now we want to know the lord and that's what we that's what the goal of this is i got mad at paul a couple of decades ago when i found out he said that that he knew the lord that they didn't believe in him he said that his whole goal was to know the lord and the power of his resurrection uh i just thought well who are you dude How come I have to believe in the Lord and you get to know the Lord? And then I began to do the research and found out how Paul knew the Lord. Paul knew the Lord through the scriptures. The disciples knew the Lord through a a personal experience. And uh, these dudes come across as being a bit unstable, to be real honest with you. I mean, one holds up in the... temple for the rest of his living decades that he had to live never comes out because he's afraid he's going to lose his power 
And uh, all of the things that Jesus said, go ye into all the world. James said, uh-uh, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm staying right here because everybody wants this position. <clears throat> and uh, nothing gave him that position. Nothing appointed him. Nothing scriptural gave him that position. Uh, just uh, basically the fact he was the heir apparent because of being the brother of Christ who he wasn't a supporter of when he was alive. And I have no clue where I was going with that. But anyway, the, uh, we think that the gospel uh, is, uh, and knowing Christ through the scriptures is so vitally important. I, I, I'm really glad for the, uh, the utter audacity of our aforementioned friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I can say that now and everybody knows what I'm talking about. I am really happy for their out front and staunch declaration that you, the scriptures are wrong. Uh, they, they literally say they are wrong. And they say that they, it's in the opinion of man about God that it was wrong. And uh, they have no reliance on it as being truth whatsoever. And uh, until they can find a verse that agrees with them, and then it's okay to use it. But because they did that, it made us start thinking. Is there merit to what they're saying? The mm -hmm. best thing you'll ever do when you hear something and you, right off the bat, you disagree with it, and you don't know why, it's uh, go and see if there's any merit to that. And uh, boy, did we go there and we found out exactly why they go there. We know why they think what they think. And, uh, and it, it, it all gets resolved in Jesus saying, blessed is he who is not offended in me. They are offended. They don't know Christ. They're offended. Mm. They are offended in Christ. If what the scriptures say that Jesus did, that's what they are offended. I mean, they... They are offended. They show their offense. You mentioned that God was angry and Jesus took that anger and that offense, you can hear their back bristle. <laughs> I mean, uh, they get snippy. <laughs> so the goal was not to prove them wrong. The goal was to find the truth. And uh, based on what we've been able to uh, discern, it has. Uh, really not only helped us uh, understand by comparison, because folks, if you're ever going to learn anything, please don't learn what you're learning in a vacuum. Compare it to everything that is opposed to that. Yeah. And if you honestly look to see if there's merit to the other positions and, uh, and see, that's what happens in politics. People that, that you're on one side or the other or the other middle or the other right or the other left or whatever there is out there. And uh, they already know they oppose it simply because it's the other side instead of looking to see, is there merit to that thought? Mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. you can't possibly, you know, I remember having a political debate in the, in the eighth grade. And uh, uh, there was a girl there, and my family was uh, was a very staunch uh, uh, Republican. My dad was very staunch Republican, 
And uh, she was, and her family was very staunch Democrat. And I remember the, uh, uh, the Goldwater and was it Goldwater? And I'm asking you chiefs, what do you know? Uh, (laughs) What do I know? It was Goldwater (laughs) and Nixon, I think. And, and uh, so we were, we were really hot under the collar toward each other about this, you know, in the eighth grade, it's like, what the hell? And, um, but uh, I, something and somebody said, oh, come on, Mike, give her a break. I said, I wouldn't give her air if she was in a jug. <laughs> <laughs> so now, isn't it funny, though, that that statement has stuck with me ever since the eighth grade? Mm. It's like, no, I need to give somebody air that's in a jug, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and listen to them and hear to see if there's merit. Instead of us just um, writing things off, I hope I've not chafed anyone about uh, because what I just told you has is no reflection uh, one way or the other about where I stand uh, politically. That was a snapshot out of, but maybe we can't even do a snapshot out of what we were. <laughs> uh, goodness, thirteen years old. Jeez, my goodness. Uh, it's strange, but we really do. Ha- we really have had that wonderful opportunity to examine the merits of Don Keithley's statements and of Mirror Bible. You remember, I loved Mirror Bible. I promoted Mirror mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah, me too. And um, uh, so did a lot of other people. And then uh, uh, I started actually reading it instead of just reading the verses that, oh, wow, that really agrees with the gospel. Mm-hmm. It agrees with the gospel without the story. Yeah. And then I started seeing how flagrantly that this is not a mirror Bible, mirror reflection of Jesus. This is a mirror uh, mirror reflection of Francois. This is, this is no reflection of Christ in here uh, at all. Um, but you will get a good reflection of what, uh, what Francois thinks about the issue. And it is what he thinks, because I will guarantee you the way he translates, uh, there is no Greek there mm. for those uh, add-ons in promoting the idea that this is the way it always was. Goodness, please stop me. <laughs> <laughs> We have been uh, on this pursuit of eternal life. Now, I think it's, we're probably going on, I don't know, three, four months now, um, where we have started through the scriptures. Uh, then we spent considerable amount of time, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and even headed through some of the mm-hmm. New Testament writings about eternal. Uh, then we backstepped to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to look at heaven and then uh last week michael we kind of opened another can of worms Mm -hmm. (laughs) that perhaps is going to make us backstep a little bit further but before we do that i wanted to share uh a note that you had received from uh ben hunt uh regarding this journey that we've been on ben hunt writes in the teaching on heaven and eternal life has been eye-opening 
as I'm sure most people, including myself, just assume one was connected to the other. I was a little nervous about what you guys would find in researching the subject of the afterlife, partly because I knew you would let the truth lead you wherever it would go. And I wasn't sure I wanted to know what was really behind the curtain. But your teaching has reinforced in me the idea that we are one with Christ in some dimension that we probably can't understand or need to comprehend until that time comes. This, to me, makes more sense than our version of heaven as being streets of gold, mansions, Mm -hmm. etc., that seem to bring out the self-righteousness, which is the opposite of what God intended for man. You know, it seems, Daniel, that everybody's perception of heaven is completely derived from the revelation. Uh, All those things that Ben mentioned uh, are only talked about in the revelation there is we've gone through all the scriptures look look how far we've gone yeah and uh and and again uh, it deserves uh, attention to the astounding effect i don't care whether you're baptist methodist uh mirror bible or don keithley or who you are you're not going to find something different than what we have found Mm -hmm. and that is a very uh, weird and bizarre to our world and to our ears, a lack of uh, connection between the subject of heaven and the subject of eternal life. Mm. Uh, it just isn't there. Yeah. And uh, each time we build this incredible um, fortress of knowledge about the angelic and ab- about heaven and about uh, eternal life and uh, all of these things, what happens then is it's, uh, it, it's like we see how high and how powerful this is going, and then we look back where we've uh, come from and we realize, oh, this needs some backfill. We've got to fill mm-hmm. this in here because it leaves and begs this question to be answered if we are actually thinking this part through, then what about this part? Yeah. And that, so that's what we've done. We, we went back to the, uh, the term uh, heavens just because it's like, wow, we missed that one somehow. And um, uh, we learned a great deal about the uh, levels of, of heaven that are mentioned and that are not mentioned. It was just so well laid out by the scriptures that heaven is in the scriptures a place not with multiple dimensions within it as we were all taught there's no higher heaven than heaven's heaven there's no lower heaven than heaven's heaven (laughs) there's lower (laughs) heavens than that heaven and uh but there's no higher than the heaven that god lived in uh I was thinking the other day and some of the statements that people made, you know, during our uh, Word of Faith uh, days, we listened to the same teachers, different generation, but, uh, you know, they were young guys when I was listening and they were old guys when you were listening. Uh, (laughs) That's the only uh, difference. But, um, and they gave us all of these gradations of places in heaven and you know, that uh, you may have to stay outside the throne room until you learn enough to go in. And 
and uh, all of these crazy things. And I just thought, you know, well, so we're all going to be, here's all the vastness of heaven and we're all crowded into one room. You know, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, what if I want to go on a hike, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, do I get so far out and think, uh, we're getting a little far away from God now. We better, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling a need to get uh, back to the altar and, and, uh, and worship. I mean, how does that work? And uh, so there are no gradations of the place called heaven itself. Uh, We realize there are gradations that are listed by physics. There are gradations that are, listed by uh, different philosophies and uh, mystical uh, views, which Paul took advantage of, as you pointed out to us. Um, But this place is a real place. And uh, what happened there and then what began to happen here uh, in connection to that after the creation. uh, Robert Collier sent me uh, one. He was talking about the discussion about the physics and everything. And he said, you know, uh, about fusion and fission. And he was all excited about that. And he said, you know, uh, fusion began when God said, let there be light. Mm. And it's like, wow, that's uh, that really is. There, there's more to that statement than what we stop and think. Yeah, and uh, now we're uh, heading into. We've already gone into the world of fusion, and we just haven't seen all of the things in place that would bring it into our ability to take advantage of that. But you know, it's already here. It's not like it's coming. It's already here. Mm, yeah. So we have looked at these things, and um, uh, and we've looked at them. We've separated them. Not because they are separate, but we've separated them for clarification. Mm -hmm. It's like doing an autopsy. I guess I could have come up with a better thing than that. (laughs) uh, You know, as people were learning anatomy, you know, they had to learn, you know, well, what is a tendon? What is a blood vessel? What is a muscle? How do they work? And you had to work with nothing but tendons to learn about how they interact and interface with other parts. So that's the way that we study. We don't pull these things apart for you to think that that's the only subject. We pull them apart and look at them so you can see, and we can see how they fit in with all the other subjects, Mm -hmm. just like the body does. So um, uh, now we got to a, a point and we realized there was uh, something that needed to be covered. Uh, Daniel, what was that? Well, when we were going through the book of Ephesians, the one of my favorite verses, and this was the verse that helped me understand being one with God and one with uh, everyone. And that was Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10, that mm-hmm. he brought all things that were in heaven and all things that were in earth into one. And um, previously before that, um, I think it was around verse three or four, um, that he talked about the heavenly places. And you clarified that places is italicized, Mm -hmm. um, but that the heavenly resides within Christ. So anything heavenly is in Christ. And if we're in Christ, then hey, 
Michael, you look rather heavenly today. <laughs> I thought so myself. <laughs> so all that is within Christ is heavenly. And then we further examine that uh, verse in chapter or in uh, verse 10 that all things in heaven and all things in earth. So we understand that we were in earth. We understand that God was in heaven, but what else was in heaven? Yeah. Uh, and then in chapter three, it said that the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. So we understood that we were the family in earth, but who or what was the family in heaven? And of course, our minds went to the angelic family. Now, the reason that uh, we went to the angelic family is because up to that point, we see no human family yep. in heaven. Right. So you, you see how the progression of this has, has forced us to think this through. Mm -hmm. uh, now you can just settle for, oh, all the, you know, grandma, grandpa and Abraham Lincoln are there, you know, and all that. And, uh, but the fact of it is at this point, even up to Ephesians, we've gone through all of the scriptures the Hebrew scriptures. We've gone through all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on these subjects. And there are no humans in heaven. Mm -hmm. So Daniel's uh, thing that captivated us was that uh, if there's family there, what is that family? If it does not at this point include humanity, other humanity. You see, there is, again, is an assumption. Uh, you see, a scientist can't assume that what he's learned about something is true. He's got to examine what he has heard and drawn conclusions from that to see whether or not his own thoughts are about that correct. A good scientist is not someone who goes around proving everybody else wrong. A good scientist goes around proving himself wrong. Mm. And uh, uh, good Bible teachers, I might add, they do the same thing. <laughs> they go yeah. around proving themselves wrong. Uh, uh, you might apply that to uh, every, every realm of knowledge that you are exploring. Uh, is Let's first look to see if we can prove ourselves wrong rather than prove somebody else wrong. Um, and uh, and we've done that a lot. I just I have no hesitation about claiming that uh, world title for that. As far as Bible teachers are concerned, I've proved myself wrong than, more than anybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we've done when we proved ourselves wrong? We say I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the word that Don Bartlett couldn't say. Uh, bro, bro, yeah. bro, bro. <laughs> it's like, okay, Don, come on. You've worn that thing out. Let's let me <laughs> And here he is still wearing it out. <laughs> I know. Uh, he, he never quits. He is eternal. Well, the one thing that we've proven through this is that eternal does exist. You do live eternally because Don Bartlett is still. Uh, whether we want him or not. I mean, it's, it's not like we made a request, but, um, but the, the, um, 
stopping to think this through, as Daniel just said, what is this family in heaven? I, I cannot overemphasize that point that Daniel has made that in Ephesians, that uh, uh, it is uh, it is being taught. And then, of course, Jesus uh, made reference to this, didn't he? So we, we have uh, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke, and John uh, teachings from Christ because, uh, believe me, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't know anything about the issues of uh, heaven uh, at all. Uh, because they were still learning the scriptures and learning the gospel. Um, but Jesus did know, and he had some powerful things for us to reflect on that only get an honorable mention, no matter which church of the 40,000 denominations you might be in. Uh, Jesus' statements about this uh, uh, deserve more attention. Yeah, Michael, that was in uh, Luke chapter 20. And uh, the disciples were actually asking, you know, they were always trying, not the disciples, but the Pharisees were always trying to trip up Jesus. And so they always ask him these weird questions. And this was one about, okay, so if someone remarried, uh, they had uh, one wife that died, another one that uh, was alive, and then the resurrection happened. Uh, When they go on, who are they married to? And this was Jesus's response. He said, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels Mm. and are sons of God and being sons of the resurrection. Woo, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah, my goodness. That's like, uh, if I'd have been a Pharisee, I'd say, I don't think that was my question. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an answer to my question? Really? (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Um, So now, and Jesus never got above his pay grade when he was explaining things. (laughs) Uh, I often get above my pay grade uh, when I'm explaining things, but Jesus never did. so uh, here is a um, very clear indication from Jesus in this, uh, you know, gotcha question that they were trying to do with Jesus. Uh, Jesus comes up with this explanation to them that's totally out of their orbit of consideration of thought. Now. Yeah. Uh, so the question then becomes after Jesus finishes with this, uh, why would an angel get married? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, you're such an angel, but I'm not going to marry you. (laughs) (laughs) I am not trying to imply that, uh, we are declaring that marriage is uh, not a part of uh, human life. We, years ago, almost decades ago now, we did declare that the marriage that was spoken about by the Hebrew scriptures was fulfilled at the cross. Mm. Yeah. Now, you can get married if you want to or not. It has nothing mm. to do with the marriage that was spoken of by the scriptures. 
you do not become one with somebody when you stand in front of a preacher and say, I do, and I do too. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's like these two become one because these two become most hostile toward each other and in more cases than not than mm. any two human beings that ever lived on the planet. No. Uh, they can become the most hostile now over 50% of those uh, end up in divorce. Some of them are not hostile, but most of them do get very contentious and hostile. You know, a lot of people are learning, you know, it's just, uh, 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 it, it's, you know, what did, um, uh, was it Paul that said it's better to marry than to burn? <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> and I think most people are deciding to rather burn a little while. So. <laughs> I'm going to burn either way. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and, and our levity towards these things is not because we are disrespecting or disregarding the validity or the value of the subject. It's that they are so serious that we need every tool we can get to draw our attention and make it comfortable for us to think about. Yeah. And uh, using levity is one of those ways that can open the brain just a little bit more. We're just that calculating around here. <laughs> and uh, levity is one of those things that can open the brain. You know, you can hear uh, you can hear levity about something that would make you mad in other situations. Or, um, uh, you know, and people uh, make jokes about things. And uh, I, I, the one that gets me is the uh, one where they, they make a joke about something that's happened and then the other person doesn't laugh at all. And they always ask, Oh, too soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, we know that, that levity, uh, is, is a way of opening the brain to think about things and think through things and d it dislodges those mm. things that are, that can be, uh, just really stuck there for us and, uh, moments in our life that can be so painful. And, and, uh, and, uh, it is one of those powerful tools that can, uh, help you get past something. We not, you know, we hear people make that don't take yourself so seriously. Don't, you know, and what are they saying? If, if you can laugh about something, you're more likely to be able to let go of something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it has certainly, uh, uh, worked in, uh, my life. Um, so, um, I'm trying to think of a real good joke right now. I can't think of any, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's why we do what we do. And, um, uh, uh, this issue though is, uh, very important. Uh, it's obvious that it's there. First off, let's acknowledge that the issue of our investigation is there in front of us. It's not as though we're dealing with something that is frivolous or non-existent, uh, uh, but could hold, and so far uh, has held some things in this discovery that is, uh, we, we need a conclusion for. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be able to find it until we do the Calgary conference on uh, mm. the revelation. Yeah. So, 
hang on, hang on, because <laughs> we're going somewhere. I, I wanted to to make a point because I know people's minds go to it right away um, when we talk about that the angels became a part of the hu- humanity as God became a part of humanity and humanity became a part of God and, and, and all are one, our minds go to, well, what about the devil and what about, uh, devils? And, um, we pointed out last week in the show that in that discussion in the book of Hebrews, it talks about destruction. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I touched on that rather quickly um, in the one uh, Tuesday night session that I did on the Lake of Fire, um, in that 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 was a a, a consumed uh, that the mm. Satan, the devil, that that old dragon was mm-hmm. consumed again. Something we'll revisit as we go through the Revelation. But the Book of Hebrews talks about that the work of the cross would destroy he him. Um, I think the Book of First uh, John talks about that it would destroy the works of the devil. But Hebrews actually says that it would destroy the devil himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that that's something to, to put into the mix here yes. as we're considering these things is that perhaps that which was kicked out of heaven, uh, the devil and his angels, uh, through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Christ, they were totally destroyed through that work. Yeah. And, you know, I had to do a whole lot of uh, dodging bullets, if you will. Uh, during the time as I was uh, explaining the gospel of peace, and uh, then people coming up and saying, "Well, that means then that the that Satan himself has been redeemed," and I, I just it's like I didn't have a problem with Satan being redeemed. It's like mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather be in uh, uh, with a redeemed Satan than a. Uh, 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 a Christian with an unrenewed mind. I mean, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, a nice devil's better than a mean Christian any day. <laughs> uh, and I've I've ran into the uh, 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 to the latter uh, many more times than I have the other. Uh, that was a conflict for me that I had to think through, but. I did give consideration to their position. Is it possible that, and that's what sent me on the quest, and that's when uh, Hebrews brought me to a point of a full stop when Hebrews 1 says that Jesus did not come in the form of an angel, speaking of redemption and the bringing in the new cosmos, the whole new structure, to bringing down the principalities and powers uh, uh, recreating the authority structure of God, angels, man, dirt, you know, whatever, you know, comes after that. And how that Jesus uh, did not stop to visit angels on his way from heaven to earth. He came to visit man and became a man. And when mm-hmm. he rose from the dead, he took the entire human race with him far above all of this. Uh, uh, mess. Now, when he, uh, from what we're seeing, one of the things we're going to be covering in the revelation is when Jesus raised us all up into that place above all the angels, something took place and it all happened 
in an hour, mm. according to the revelation. That's not the end of the story there. Uh, they, uh, we were all raised up, but something, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm, I, I, I feel very spiritual right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to, but I'm telling you, uh, it, it, it's almost a high to get to that point to where that you have the total concept, not all the facts, but the total concept of a complete declaration of peace between God and man. And a wow. complete eradication of everything that worked against man uh, done at the cross and a complete gathering together of man and God and angels all in one to live this out right here on planet Earth. I don't know. That does something to me. <laughs> I, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, I'm, I'm singing that song different, you know, that Christmas song about the angels. Uh, angels we have heard on high. I'm now singing, uh, angels we have heard get high. That is why they're singing glory. <laughs> so uh, this angel's getting high here, I can tell you that. <clears throat> and my name's Michael. I mean, how much more validation do you want for this? All right. Come on. <laughs> and I'm Daniel. Come on, Michael. Yeah, and Michael, <laughs> Daniel and Michael, and, and uh, you know, Michael was the warring angel, and he was at peace, and I'm at peace, and goodness gracious, the Lord's just showing us tremendous things here completely outside <laughs> the scriptures. <laughs> we don't mean to make fun of them. Well, yes, we do. But, <laughs> uh, but it is all for moving forward with power and strength and glory. This is powerful. It is glorious that um, this concept, please, this week, while we're going through this, prepare yourselves for the conference with this concept in your head. At this point, what we are seeing is that, that God himself came to this earth in the form of a man. He bypassed the angelic and came down and took on the form of a man for the purpose of redeeming man. So we know he didn't redeem angels because he didn't come here as an angel. Mm -hmm. But what happened to all the angelic? I'm telling you, I am high. I'm just telling you right now, I am absolutely <laughs> high. Uh, so he's, he's taken on this form of man and then rearranging the entire cosmos. From the original creation, when God first said, let there be light, he is now rearranging the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, the angels were there when he said this, and he is about to rearrange their entire involvement, our involvement in creation, his involvement in creation is about to change. Mm. And the story doesn't end with Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, then comes this magnificent uh, lifting up, uh, the redemption of mankind, where he brings all uh, into the uh, uh, equal to heaven with him. 
and, and, and above the angelic realm, above all things. And I know I'm repeating it, but it bears repeating when you've heard it for the first time in your whole life, right? Yeah, exactly. And then he destroys the angelic realm that went bad and then brings all of that together in one. I'm, mm. I'm high. I just, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm floating. <laughs> totally righteous, dude. That's dude. Come on. <laughs> I mean, this is a doobie if I've ever had one. Then <laughs> most people don't know what that was. But I, I never had a doobie in my whole life, so I'm, I'm, I'm above my pay grade again. So, <laughs> so uh, now, but when when we got to that point, we realized we needed some backfill here. We need to go mm. and uh, run through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on one more uh, subject. And uh, Daniel, would you explain where we're going? Now that we have uh, uh, kind of caught ourselves up, uh, you know, we we do this as much for ourselves as we do it for you guys when we're recapping like this, uh, because it helps us get our uh, mind back where we were when we left off. So bear with us if this bothers you. Uh, that's quite all right. I remember when Randy French was doing our our uh, sound, and he uh, he did all of these. Randy's a very fast learner and uh he is uh, he was always very irritated with repetition and saying something over. And so uh I would do these sessions and they would turn into like 25 minute sessions <laughs> when we produced the you know 35 45 and I spoke for an hour and a half. And uh after Andy uh, Randy edited Randy uh, took out everything that I'd said previously in that session or that I'd <laughs> taught on before. And it's just like, wait, <laughs> not everybody learns at the speed of light like you do, Randy. So uh, anyway, uh, we, we try to leave as much of this in as we possibly can. So Daniel, where are we going? What are we going to do in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? So as we had done with heaven, heavens, and eternal, is we want to go back into Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and look at angels. Um, mm -hmm. We can, I think we can globally agree that angels were very much a part of the scriptural story, um, Genesis to Malachi. I mean, the, there is heavy angelic uh, movement yes. <laughs> and involvement and messages given and battles being fought and all of these uh, different things happening. Um, but what happens now during this transitional period uh, between the time when Christ shows up and his coming, uh, preceding his coming, and through the death, burial, and resurrection? And then what do we see happening after that as far as the angelic movement is concerned? And uh, so in doing so, by looking at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, I think we're going to get, like you said, some backfill on the purpose and the mission, if you will, of angels. Yeah, if we're going to become, if, if the story results in us being uh, brought together in one, we need to learn about these dudes, right? Yeah, We need exactly. to know what they did, and uh, it might help explain a bit of our mission then. Uh, now as mere mortals 
I don't feel like a mere mortal anymore, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I'm expecting for, you know, my my body to go into this uh, um, transformer mode, you know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if I need to look behind me, I'll, yeah, 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 you know, you know, <laughs> my head will go around and look backwards. So. <laughs> well, in the book of Revelation, I think the angels had eyes all around their <laughs> That's head. That's right. So. <laughs> Oh, Lordy mercy. So uh, anyway, we better move on quickly. Okay. So our first verse uh, that mentions angels in the book of Matthew is Matthew chapter four. And uh, this is when Jesus um, was being tempted of the devil. Where is that now? This is uh, Matthew chapter four. Gotcha. Okay. And um, so I think this is the second time that the devil came to him, you know, the first time he said, you know, cause he was fasting for 40 days and he was hungry and the devil told him to, you know, just command a stone and turn it into bread. And Jesus rebuked him. And then in verse five, the devil took him, Jesus up into the Holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Mm -hmm. And Jesus answered and said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So the temptation that came here to Jesus is, hey, just throw yourself up. You've got a bunch of angels that are in charge of you, uh, responsible for your safety, that even if you dash your foot up against the stone, that they're supposed to be there to help you. So I think we're seeing already here a part of the angelic ministry in Jesus's life was to protect him. I, yeah, we and we get a picture of both uh, two thirds of the angels and the other third mm. uh, with uh, uh, Satan, Lucifer. Uh, now we settled that question when we looked into the chapter uh, that uh, spoke about this, and people have subdivided satan and lucifer the devil and all of that but we saw that just in that one verse in the revelation that they're all the same thing it's mm -hmm. you know you don't need to develop a teaching on the difference between lucifer and satan and demons and devils and blah 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 it's all one thing all right yeah and um uh <clears throat> so we see the angels who were commissioned to minister to christ Mm -hmm. All right, so let's take this back to its origins. Uh, Christ has been uh, real. It, it, Christ was Christ before he became uh, Jesus the Christ. He, he was Christ uh, before the foundations of the world. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the angels were uh created to watch over him to to take care of the Christ man i'm telling you i'm getting higher and <laughs> <laughs> so uh what we see then through the scriptures through the, the the hebrew scriptures is the protection of the Christ all the way through there uh whether it's melchizedek whether it's uh uh 
Jacob wrestling with the angel, if it was Jacob, whoever it was. It, it's all a, uh, a protection of the Christ. The law was given to protect the Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, all of these things were uh, given to protect the Christ. And the angels were the ones who were given that duty was to watch over him. And, uh, and then we even find him in the, in the, the manger. And yeah. the angels were watching over him. Uh, the angels guided the shepherds to him. So the, the relationship between Christ and the angels is, it's close. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, uh, we are family. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's very close. Uh, one thing that struck me is that the, uh, all of the angelic world knew who Christ was. And look what Satan said to him, the other part of the angelic world. Mm. Prove it. Mm -hmm. What does every damn preacher around the world say about your redemption and your salvation? What do you have to do? Prove it. Prove it. Mm. Uh, I remember that uh, song that came out, Evidence. Evidence. <laughs> Would there be enough evidence? And evidence. Evidence. Would they put you away? So the whole thing <laughs> was about being on trial for being a Christian and if there would be enough proof, enough evidence that you really were a Christian. Mm. And uh you see, that's what religion does. This you're ta- you're getting a real good look. Oh goodness, I'm getting higher. Uh, they're getting a real good look <laughs> at the difference between, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, good angels and bad religion. <laughs> yeah. And mm. the fact is that um, uh, one supports the reality of the truth of Christ. The other wants everybody to prove it. Mm. And the moment you start trying to prove it, you're going to try to pray more. You're going to try to do more, give more. You're going to try to stop cussing more. You're going to, and we're not saying that all of these are not good qualities to, um, uh, to aspire to, but they cannot make you more who you are or less who you are in Christ. Yeah. So this uh, this uh, exchange of uh, we we have all of the angelic uh, uh, elements that are uh, uh, that are represented here, and uh, just knowing that this uh, Michael and his angels, and that's one of the things that we're going to go through. We've already done part of that and showed you where this battle was won in. Uh, in the revelation is uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking how that Michael and his angels, that's the warring angel, Michael, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, how that man, he was just wanting so much to get to the point to where he could just whoop his ass. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and uh, according to, 
the scriptures according to the teachings of Paul and Hebrews uh, and the revelation uh, he did. Yeah. Prevailed, destroyed. I mean, I mean, how many ways can we say it? But something happened after everything that was uh, about the angelic realm was prevailed and uh, against and destroyed. Oh, it's the rest of the gospel. Mm. And we're going to be sharing it at the Calgary Conference. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, and then, Michael, in the, in the same story here, uh, and in verse 11, it said, after these temptations had come and Jesus had resisted them, in verse 11, it says, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came yeah. and ministered unto Ooh, him. gosh. Mm. That's just, uh, I mean, goodness, what, I, that's family. We are family. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, family came, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, how would Christ, who's going to redeem the world, share his heavenly family with what has now become his earthly family when he was mm. born of a man. How does he share that? How does he, uh, what kind of relationship is he going to, I mean, is he going to leave angels out there? Do they need to minister to him anymore? Do they need to take care of him anymore? He is the, he is uh, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He has uh, risen from the dead. Uh, he has, Ah, goodness, um, uh, he is uh, triumphant. He is, you know, we can go through and just do a whole uh, podcast on all of those uh, adjectives about Christ. Uh, but do not sell these angels short on their determination that the culmination of all of this was going to be the utter destruction of uh, Satan. Mm. Just the utter destruction. Now, uh, it, it always strikes me that uh, the uh, when it's talking about, uh, I don't even know where it is, but uh, where it's talking about where uh, Jesus, uh, that uh, if, if uh, the powers of this world had known Christ, that the powers of this world would never have uh, agreed with the crucifixion. They'd have never followed through with it. They were puppets. Mm. You said, and that's where our, our aforementioned friends say, "Well, you see, it wasn't God who did it. It was it was uh, it was man." But folks, to disconnect God from that is just—it's a fool's errand. It's just mm. a fool's errand. Uh, you have to create another whole denomination or several to try to advocate for that position. And it's just useless. It's, it's unnecessary. Let's just go with the straightforward truth of the gospel. Um, the next one here, Michael, that we have um, is a parable. And in, instead of going through the whole parable, of course, this is one that uh, we've gone over several times too, but it's the parable of the tares. And it's in uh, Matthew chapter 13. And there's three verses where angels are mentioned. And um, if I just start reading in verse 39, mm. it says that the enemy who sowed them is the devil. Mm. Wow, this is, we didn't see this the other day. This is we, interesting. We did that. not see this involvement of the angels against the devil. 
Yeah. And them being there, uh, uh, every time the devil's mentioned, it seems like the angels are there to kind of like, ah, uh, this, <laughs> this far and no further. <laughs> uh, this, the enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. The reapers are the angels. The reapers are the angels. Wow. Therefore, as the tares are gathered together and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. Mm. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather t- they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend mm. and those who <laughs> practice lawlessness. Uh, so how do you gather those who practice lawlessness out? Well, you could either throw a bunch of them away, or you could cancel the law. Mm. And when the law's canceled, guess what? Nobody's practicing lawlessness. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting deeper than what we thought. Uh, we are seeing things that we did not see. I hope you are also. I want you to have a vision. I'm telling you. I have visions of sugar plums dancing in my head. <laughs> I'm reliving Christmas here, aren't I? <laughs> this is uh, one of the most magnificent things. I, I I hope that you are absorbing the power of the story and how that we cannot stand by idly while there's an entire movement afoot around the planet to gut the story of the power of God. Mm. And this thing that causes the stability of the mind. I've watched these guys, goodness gracious, you should see how mournful they get. They got a prayer who goes, Oh, pray, the Lord's going to have to help us. And, it's like, and then they're on, and it's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And then they're offline again. I've never seen anything so unstable in all of my life until today. I've never seen anything more unstable than me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, you know. Uh, I don't mind being crazy. It's just whether I'm happy or not. That's the only thing I'm worried about. <laughs> I've been crazy on every level. This this crazy is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So uh, we did not expect to see this um, this uh, involvement of angels in all of this. Uh, Daniel, read through that one more time for us. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. Mm. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. I'll read one more verse. And cast them into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but you went through that. We, we wailed and gnashed, but we didn't have to wail and gnash at your teeth. <laughs> um, but you see where Jesus puts all of this? It's at the end of this age. Mm. So there's something going to change. Uh, obviously, if the harvest is in, 
and we've separated everything that needs to be separated. And the one that sold the tares was the devil and he's defeated and the angel's job is complete. What's going to happen to these angels? I mean, you know, are, are they truly just sitting around strumming harps now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, these are powerful beings. Yeah. Uh, 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 Satan proved uh, what powerful beings they were in their assignment and uh, in their assignments uh, and the three archangels and, and all of this that we've not gone into great detail, but we think this is kind of basic. Most people know that there were the, those three dimensions of the angelic. Uh, if what we are considering here turns out to be accurate, this is a transformation of thought and understanding of who we are in the earth. Mm. Uh, that, uh, I mean, it would make Don Bartlett high. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think Don had been high a few times. <laughs> We've also learned that this was, and these angels were appointed to an end of the age. End of, and if uh, if this same word got translated the way that it is in Matthew twenty four, it would say the end of the world. Yeah, and uh, that's the only thing that separates this understanding and the accurate place in uh, time from this is not any different place at all. End of the world, end of the age, it's all the same. It is whether it's read in Matthew or whether uh, uh, 24 or whether it's read here in Matthew 13. Yeah. All the same. Yeah. Um, A similar verse is used in uh, verse 49. Um, and this is the parable of the dragnet. Uh, and part of that is so at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and mm. separate the wicked from among the just. And again, at the end of the world, at the end of the age. Chapter 16 and verse 27. For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and he will reward each according to his works. Wait a minute. Hold on. Separate the wicked from the just. We have always assumed that separating the wicked from the just is separating the wicked humans from the just humans. Mm. My gosh. What did Jesus do? He justified the entire world. Yeah. And the wicked one, isn't he called the wicked one? Isn't that what he's been referred to? Yeah. The wicked one, wasn't that the the last parable? The wicked Mm -hmm. one sowed these seeds? Yeah. So. (laughs) Wow. uh, I'm getting higher. (laughs) Yeah. My gosh, he separated the wicked Satan from the just, the human race. Mm. 
if we back that up to verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Which is interesting that it doesn't say that he just gathered together one kind, humankind. But he gathered together some of every kind. Which when it was full, they drew to shore, and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So will it be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and separate the wicked from among the just. I just can't see that any other way now. Yeah. The wicked has been separated. Dear God, and I taught demonology for how many decades? <laughs> what was I doing? I was trying to separate the wicked from the just. Mm. Now, this show, if you're listening to it, will cost you $20,000. <laughs> and if you can't pony up, turn it off right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Mm. Separating the wicked from the just. See, our religious, I'm telling you. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am officially um, speechless. And uh, I think there was one other time that that happened, and I think I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, Daniel. Hmm. I, there is a foundation building in me by entertaining the entirety of this concept that feels so invincible. Uh, and the only thing that I want out of is out of it is for everybody to have that knowing of Christ to that degree, like Paul knew Christ. Mm. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm, Is there any way we can fast forward to March and get the conference to get to the conference? Uh, all of these things are very important for where we're going. We didn't know they were important for where we're going, but they mm -hmm. have turned out to be uh, absolutely vital. Uh, Daniel and I have gone through together here at the house. Uh, what was it? Uh, three months ago now? Yeah. And we sat here, and uh, we had determined to go through the revelation. We very methodically went through it, and I've told you, I warned Daniel, I'm going to cuss. And, uh, <laughs> and he did. And I did. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, Daniel didn't. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> You did enough for both of us. <laughs> Man, there was times I just wanted to go throw the computer out the window. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like I need some gospel of peace or something here because this <laughs> this this revelation here is not doing me well. And then we accepted the the uh, structure 
we accepted the uh, parameters that are set in the revelation. Mm. And it's like washing the windows. It's like, well, my gosh, yeah. Uh, if, if what you need to see is seen out the back window of your house and you're looking out the front window, you're not going to see what you need to see. Yeah. But when the instructions say first, all right, walk to the back of your house and look out the kitchen window. Here's what you're going to see. And if you're stupid enough to walk to the front of the house and look out the window, you're going to get very angry with the person telling you what you're looking at. Mm. Because you're not seeing it. I do. I still do that with people trying to tell me uh, uh, text, uh, phone text telling me. Now do this. Now do that. Now you see it. I don't see it. It's not there. (laughs) (laughs) So goodness gracious. I, I I don't know what to do except just try to keep going here. I, uh, we've already, uh, the wicked has been separated from the just. Mm. The wicked has been separated from the just. Mm. We've been told in these verses in Matthew who the wicked is. Mm. So Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27 is our next one that says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he shall reward every man according to his works. Wow. And here you see this cor- uh, corporate uh, uh, work of Christ and the angels. So, uh, how can you have Jesus living in you and not have His angels there? Mm. I, I, I uh, <laughs> they are, uh, they are a family. A family moved in. Uh, uh, you know, you you get married. You don't just get the one you marry. You get the whole family, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like this very well may be what happened. Yeah. Is that we not only, as the bride of Christ, uh, got him, but we got his whole entourage. Mm. The wedding party. Yeah. I think that's in the revelation, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my father, which is in heaven. Hmm. One thing that stands out to me here, Michael, is at this point in time, the Father is still in heaven. Yes. And so are the angels. And so are the angels. And it doesn't say these little children are in heaven. Right. Or there's a group of little children that already got there. You know, when a child dies, we say, oh, well, God needed another little flower for his garden. It's like, mm. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, that's that. That is what you would call 
a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's a little child. Mm. I think I'm going to use that one for a flower in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the next one is, is Matthew's version of the one we read in Luke chapter 20, and it's Matthew 22, 30. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in Mary, <laughs> given in Mary, <laughs> <laughs> nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Mm. Jesus's conclusion about all of this is that when the end of all of this happens, the end of the age, we are going to be equal with him. And we know that that is uh, very affirmative that we are, he and I are, uh, we and he are one. Mm. And uh, so if this equality represents singularity, then why would this equality with the angelic not also imply singularity? Yeah. I mean, Jesus would have to explain here. You have some explaining to do, Jesus. <laughs> uh, if you're going to teach us that equality is singularity, and I think that that is a true statement, it, equality with you is singularity with you, then don't tell us that we're going to become equal with the angels and then not explain how that does not translate to singularity. Mm. You know, the, the preceding verse. Uh, so I read verse 30, verse 29. This is where Jesus starts his response. He says, you are mistaken. <laughs> Our, um, in my, in my um, sidebar here, it says deceived. You are deceived, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Uh. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Mm. They lacked understanding of the scriptures. Yeah. Because they thought it was all about marriage and given in marriage and all that kind of stuff. They had and no clue. They had no clue. Yeah. And, and clueless is what our friends are. Clueless is what Mirror Bible is. Yeah. Uh, clueless is uh, is exactly the position that Global Grace stands in. They are clueless uh, because they completely they are stand in the position that Jesus said that uh, what was the statement? How did he say about mistaken? You are mistaken. Yeah, and uh, we're sending out the clarion call. If you do not know the scriptures about Jesus and the angels and redemption and what the scriptures say about it, you are mistaken in your doctrine. Oh, we don't believe in doctrine. Well, you sure have one that you're defending. It sure causes your, your uh, back to go up if somebody disagrees with you. I don't know what you'd call that other than a doctrine. <laughs> Maybe we could try to get through Matthew today, Michael. Um, yeah, I thought we'd do this whole thing, but yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just been so much. Um, Matthew 24 and verse 31. Of course, this is the great tribulation. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, 
and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Mm. Mm. From the four winds. Yeah. And from one end of heaven. Yeah. That's interesting. To the other. Yeah. There were no men in heaven. Yeah. Verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, Mm. but my father only. Mm. So here is pinpointing something very drastic of a gathering together in heaven. Yeah. Uh, Now, uh, at this point, were there people in heaven? Mm. See, we still don't know. Uh, is uh, so far up to the ministry of Christ, uh, all of these things, uh, all the way through the declaration of the Hebrew scriptures, there's nobody in heaven. So if this is implying that there is, uh, there are people in heaven now, then it, all of this is happening within one hour. Mm. So at some point, maybe did everybody get to heaven? And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, everybody, it's time to come together. It's fine. It's time for the great finale. If you'd like more on this teaching, just wait until March. (laughs) (laughs) Vic is right. This has received more advertisement than... (laughs) People are going to say, I'm not listening to the damn thing. They've been dangling this in front of us for three months. <laughs> uh, there's three more in Matthew. Uh, Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, yep. then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Uh, and and how long did he sit on that throne of mm. his glory? Uh We've just been told that something magnificent was going to happen and take place in one hour. Yeah. Uh, There's a one hour event that gets repeatedly spoken of uh, uh, here in uh, Matthew and the angels are involved and uh, we don't know who all's involved, but we know that there is a great event that takes place in heaven because that is the home of the angels. That is, um, that sounded like a baseball advertisement or something. (laughs) (laughs) But the issue here is to point out that if you get angels, I'm I'm sorry, let me say that correctly. If you get, if you get Jesus, you get angels. Mm. If Jesus shows up, Angels show up. Yeah. That has been incredibly persistent, consistent, and repetitive. (laughs) (laughs) And insistent, too, I might say. Mm. And do we have more in Matthew? Let's try to get through at least Matthew. Good Lord. We were going to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) All in one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we got two more. Uh, Verse 41 of Matthew 25. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. Devil and his angels. Yeah. So who was going into the fire? Who was the cursed? 
this is not uh, is, is it the wicked. Have we already separated the wicked from the just? And uh, uh, maybe that's the only ones that were going there. All right, Michael. Then our last one in Matthew. Ooh, I like this one. Uh, you didn't like the others? No, I liked all the other okay. ones, but this, is, this one's really, really fun. So this is when uh, Jesus was arrested after he had was said the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. What um, did you say? You're going to make me say <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could sneak that in there. Gethsemane. 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 <laughs> Uh, and Peter tries to take out his sword and to fight these guys off. And Jesus yeah. said to him, put your sword, this is verse 52 of Matthew 26, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Now we went through a little uh, uh, accounting, and uh, uh, how many is that? Well, it depends who you ask. Yeah, um, of course, always. <laughs> <laughs> but we um, uh, we did see one where a legion could be as much as uh, twelve thousand, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because twelve times twelve is one hundred and forty-four. And I think there might be mention of that in the Revelation about 144,000 something. Wow. Well, I think we've done all the damage we can possibly do. <laughs> uh, I, I hear religions falling around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, if I got nothing out of this except. Uh, eliminating the separation of the wicked from the just. Mm. Um, the uh, uh, and the wheat and the tares. It was the wicked one that sold sowed the wheat uh, or sowed the tares. It's it's not people were not what the devil sowed. Jesus. So all of that has to be reexamined and has come out of that with a different concept about that and we already have very strong uh uh, indications as to where that's going to land that the separation of the wicked from the just is humanity which had been justified and the wicked uh who uh began all this hoopla and it's about to come to an end once again we see the importance of understanding the whole story rather than a personal gospel yeah. Because once you make this a personal gospel, now it becomes to sorting out your personality of what's good and what's evil and what's yeah, right, yeah, and what's yeah. wrong, who's the sheep and who's the goats. But when you back up and you look at the universal yes. side of this on how the whole cosmos was involved, it was, as you said earlier, everything was being rearranged, everything, yeah. uh, not just mankind, not just you personally. Yeah. Um, and we weren't even alive at that time. Yeah. I mean, we weren't, we weren't even on, weren't the, involved. on the scope. <laughs> we, we were born this way. We were born into this new cosmos. But as this all happened, see the big picture. And that's what we always, um, you know, that's like our motto, Michael, is just see the big picture. 
please see the big picture. Please, please. I love what you said to me that one day about when we do these shows and we present anything as far as the gospel's concerned to if there is one picture in the gallery of all of the shows and podcasts and letters and newsletters and all that we wrote, if someone just looks at one piece in the gallery, will they see the whole gospel? And I think once again, Michael, here is even as we look at the angels, uh, one piece mm-hmm. in the gallery, um, just looking at the angels and how that plays into oh. the whole story and how we can see the whole story is even clearer because of understanding what the angels were here for. Yeah. Just, just slow down and, and, and look, and we've only covered now, this is everything that Matthew has to say about angels and you've not seen Jesus angels doing anything outside of the presence of Christ himself. Mm. And so it is. We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the gospel revolution or tell Michael or Daniel that we have lost it, (laughs) then call our office on 832-318-9339. And please speak to us. Give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, You can also go to gospelrevolution.com and hit the connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please, especially when we do these big topics like this, give us your comments. Give us your thoughts. Share them on Facebook. Call us. Send us an email. Now it's a big good night from Daniel Rouse. And it's still frozen in the tundra. I I know. (laughs) I know. But, you know, we are getting past the middle of January. So we're, we're, uh, I, 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 I see the end of the world coming. (laughs) (laughs) The end of this frozen world. And it's good night from Michael Williams. Uh, We really appreciate you guys. Uh, We'll be speaking to you some more next week. And I guess we'll have to pick up in Mark and um, see what these are. Now, many of these are going to repeat because many of the Gospels repeat these same ones. And sometimes they say them just a little bit different. And sometimes you can see a little more than you can through one than another. But we're not going to leave any of them out. I just do not know a subject has ever been that the revelation uh, has ever been more thoroughly prepared for to teach rather than going into it cold turkey. Mm. Uh, We've taken its subjects and we've backed up and we've studied each of its subjects that it brings up. So when we read through it, we will understand those subjects when they come up. It just sounds like logic to me. Mm. I mean, the way it ought to be. So uh, this is school. This is um, this is an utterly amazing thing that we're going through, uh, folks. We appreciate your support. And uh, the thing that Don Bartlett absolutely hated for me to say. Was but you know we appreciate your support but if you don't help us we're still going to do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we can't stop. We sure hope that you enjoyed today's powercast and remember we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week only better. Since you're knocking on the door you're begging to come in yeah I know that all the while has been knocking from within you. Are the love you see? A perfect day.
Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to Gospel Revolution. 